the darkness falls, it's time to gather round, for we witches three are going to make a spell in my cupped hand over this fire. Oh, oh once no. we Oh, no. Yes? Oh, we, oh. we had a week off. Just a nice week. Just a nice episode where we talked about things that you can actually <laughs> put spells in. And now we're back. Now, now it's back with Justin's uh, cupped hands. You can't put a what spell in that. That would, that would melt your hands. My hands are uh, melting, yes. Oh, my. This was uh, short-sighted at <laughs> Oh, what a world. What a world. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And you're listening to the Chilling Podcast of Sabrina, a podcast about the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. We're going to be talking about Chapter 7, Feast of Feasts, so I hope you grabbed a big old snack, because we are going to get into it. But before we do, uh, Justin, welcome back. Turns out you uh, didn't die while touching cursed yeah! objects over Halloween. I survived. I sur- survived. It was one yeah. time. Uh, for those of you listening to this episode for the first time or jumping in here, uh, Justin had a job writing on a, was it a Ghost Hunters? It was Ghost Adventures, which is Ghost a Ad- similar but different. Ah, <laughs> okay. All right, so Ghost Adventures, and uh, basically, what was it? It was just touching some cursed objects? Uh, well, let me walk you through it. It was the Haunted Museum Live, and I was uh-huh. um, writing all the uh, the copy for the non-Zach Bagans host for Josh Gates, who was sort of uh, the MC for the night. Um, and yeah, uh, he went in and uh, touched some random stuff and he was scared at times. There were some, there were some orbs, which Ooh. if you don't know, are little lights that come across the screen. And I, uh, I, I watched, they were, they were scared at, at times. How, so for those, who don't know about television production, usually somebody like you is probably, I imagine, going to be in the production truck or uh, away yeah. from the main action. Did you ever get close to the actual cursed objects? Um, I did go into the museum. So Why I, uh, would you do that? <laughs> the, the, the big centerpiece of the night was called the Dybbuk Box, uh, supposedly the most cursed object in the world. Um, there was a movie called, I think, The Possession that came based on the Dybbuk Box. Uh, and it is, it has a history that is, the objects were like real scary if you are a real believer in ghosts. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I went in the Dybbuk box, all the other people, production people were scared to go into the room. I went in the room, I got close. Why? Why? Just to see. What um, the fuck, man? This is the object <laughs> that Post Malone touched and then he, uh, his plane didn't land like a week later. Oh, so geez. he truly <laughs> believes, and he believes in that. So... I, uh, I'm like Post Malone without, but I'm not. Oh, okay. And you well, didn't I, touch the goddamn box, right? Tell me you didn't no, touch it, the box. No, no one really touched, like one guy on the team touched it, but that's it. And is he and dead, he's dead, dead now? now? Yeah, he's dead. No, he, he was, had a blast at the after party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. And maybe um, that's a curse in itself. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like Post Malone, I'm glad I think. you didn't do it. Well, I was but, very close, Pete. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to touch you and see what happens. Don't you dare, man. You already <laughs> cursed me, you asshole. How did I curse you? Remember on the last show when you fucking cursed me? <laughs> did anything? Put a happen? Fuck, yes! 
I lost my keys. Uh, somehow, three keys to my apartment disappeared off my keychain. My work keys were still there. My apartment keys gone. Pete, do you think I'm it, a warlock? It was on Halloween. The day of <laughs> Halloween, my keys disappeared, you asshole. So are you saying that I cursed you when I was around these cursed objects, and I just am fine, and I had a great time? Yeah, because you put all the bad juju on me. Wow. Um, let's get into the episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, like... <laughs> I got lost in there for a second. Uh, like Post Malone, we'll be hovering around this for a little while, but I think ultimately we'll land this episode. So uh, why don't we jump <laughs> into it? Stuff. Uh, also, just a little caveat here. We are still doing this over a bit of a phone app, so apologies for any drop in audio quality. We just want to dram- jam through these episodes, particularly as Riverdale is going to be back next week. We got to get into Woo-hoo! that. Yeah. Uh, to recap this for you guys before we get into it. Sabrina Spillman is half witch, half human. She is attending a school called the Academy of the Unseen Arts. Uh, there's a couple of other students there, including Prudence, who is the mean girl who doesn't like Sabrina at all. Prudence has two henchmen, Agatha and Dorcas, uh, who tag along with her at all points. <laughs> they had a bit of a showdown a couple of episodes back uh, when she first went to the Witch Academy, and a very uneasy alliance, but really Prudence and Sabrina don't particularly like each other that much. Um, the school is overseen by a guy named Father Blackwood, who is very much a traditionalist when it comes to the Church of Night, which worships Satan, uh, which most of the witch characters are part of. Uh, the other witch characters who live with Sabrina are her cousin Ambrose, who is trapped in the house for some reason. We don't still don't know exactly what happened with him. Uh, there's also her two aunts, Hilda and Zelda. Zelda has become the uh, midwife for Father Blackwood's wife, uh, who is pregnant uh, currently. Uh, she has had a couple of rough pregnancies, so Zelda has been helping out here. She also seems to have some sort of a complicated back relationship with Father Blackwood. Again, we don't exactly know what's going on with that. Meanwhile, Hilda stepped up to the church tonight again a couple of episodes back and got excommunicated. So she is no longer allowed in the Church of Night, but is kind of dabbling and doing stuff anyway. Uh, but mostly busy making jam. Yeah, mostly yeah. busy making jam yeah. uh, per, per Pete's interests going on there. Uh, couple Pete, of I don't characters. think you, I don't think you're cursed, Pete. I think you are eating too much jam and you have sugar <laughs> oh, sugar insanity. We both know you fucking cursed me, man. Don't try to fucking get around me. Oh, so I bet your keys are in the, one of the fifty jam jars you have in your apartment. Yeah. The yeah, only curse is going on are your foul language, Pete. So I want you to cut <laughs> it out. Just like Uncle nice. Jesse, who we don't talk about this episode because he died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the other human characters that Sabrina is friends with, she has a friend named Roz, who seems to be slowly losing her eyesight. Uh, Roz has a mystical grandmother who we'll talk a little bit more about this episode. Yeah, also, she yeah, has we a friend. Episode. Yeah. Uh, another friend named Susie, uh, who, well, again, we'll get into what's going on with Susie. And she has a boyfriend named Harvey. Harvey has a very complicated relationship with his family. He has an older brother. He has a father who seems like a mean drunk. Um, they all work in the mines together, but Harvey is not like that. He kind of just wants to be a comic book artist. Um, what else? Oh, we should talk about, uh, 
Madame Satan, aka Mrs. Goldberg, Madame Goldberg. Uh, no, I'm Madame Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, you're Madame Goldberg. <laughs> Just I'm sorry, as Madame I'm messing Goldberg. everything up. Sorry, she's Miss Wardwell. Yes, Ms. Warrenwell, who is the teacher at school. Uh, she is evil, but has tricked Sabrina into thinking that she is a friendly witch who worked with Sabrina's father. Um, Sabrina's father, by the way, we should mention, used to be the head of the Church of Night before Sabrina's father and mother mysteriously died in a plane crash, very similar to Peter Parker's parents. Um and I think I think that's mm. it for now. We can probably get into the episode after that, right? Are you insinuating that there's a connection between Sabrina and Spider-Man? Yeah. Well, Sabrina Spellman, SS, and Peter Parker, PP, very similar characters. Mm. Also, yes, uh, you Sabrina, really nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's similar. Detective uh, Zalbin strikes again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think there's there's definitely some thematic resonance going on there, I would argue. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Great. Let's jump into the episode. So this episode is the Feast of Feasts. Uh, Harvey and Sabrina are wandering home after a very cute evening together when Sabrina yeah. spies some meat hanging off of her door, which is... Uh, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever come home and seen some meat hanging off of your door? Yeah, of course. I mean, I participate in the Feast of Feasts. Oh, you have? I mean, I, I'm not a traditionally, uh, I don't uh, worship Satan, but it's the same way that, like, you know, I don't uh, always love trees, but I still celebrate Arbor Day. Mm. Oh, wow. That's nice of you. Fair enough. Uh, well, the Feast of Feasts, we should establish what that is. Uh, Sabrina very quickly finds out what's going on from Ambrose and her aunts. Uh, there is an annual event called the Feast of Feasts where one witch is selected and then eaten by the rest of the coven. Uh, yeah, that, they do uh, this great backstory of uh, Freya, who uh, was a witch wandering in the woods. They were being hunted by townspeople, so they had to stay hidden. The townspeople killed all the animals, and so one witch just slit her throat, and they ate her. And they were like, let's celebrate that. Yeah, well, I mean, cool. that's, yeah, that's also how Christmas started. Um, yeah, sort of similar tale. Wait, yes. what? Uh, and let's just brush over that and keep going and not uh, stay on that at all. Uh, let's. Uh, I have a question. I don't for you remember guys. people eating Santa Claus, and that's the reason we. No, do. they didn't. They didn't eat Santa Claus. They ate the elves. So you don't see elves anymore, right? What? Santa Claus. They just cut into small chunks and tossed down a chimney, which is where that part of the myth comes from. That is not true. That is. Did you not say myth? True. Myth, yes. Oh, uh, I mean, Santa Claus is totally real. Nobody tell anybody, but Justin still doesn't know Santa Claus is real. I'm, thank you for whispering that into a different microphone. Yeah, that's super. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would like to say real quick, like when we get to walk home and Sabrina's having this adorable moment with uh, Harvey I was kind of torn because I'm like, hey, Sabrina, you going to say anything about the creepy Nick dude that you're cozying up with in your other school? Wow. I mean, well, I don't. So nothing is going on with Nick and Sabrina. She had dreams about him like she had dreams. And he proposed a, hey, why don't we have a separate love triangle situation or a separate relationship since you're you know, living two lives? Sure. Nick did that. But yes. Sabrina didn't want that, or at least didn't uh, acquiesce to that necessarily. 
So I think she's into it because the bad boy alarm is going off and she hears it. and We're all pushing for it. We're not all pushing for it. We're all pushing for her to uh, come clean and be like, hey, Harvey, just so you know, there's this fucking bad boy dude who keeps like trying to get with me. Just a little heads up on that. I ship Scratchman and I'm not shy about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think what she's doing is reasonable, or at least it's completely normal human behavior, because technically she hasn't done anything wrong. Whenever Nick Scratch has been like, hey, let's get it on, she hasn't even answered him. Certainly yeah. you can see the wheels turning in her head, and there is yeah. interest coming from her, but th- that's what people do sometimes, right? Like, you think about these things, but you're like, oh, I haven't done anything wrong, so I don't need to say anything necessarily. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like when you're in the love, the love I, again, like from the perspective of her character, I I think it makes sense, right? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Um, uh, a, one question I do have here. for you guys. Oh, I, I just had a quick question about the feast of feast thing. Great. So Sabrina knows nothing about this, and this is something we've talked about in the podcast a bit. Why do you think that is? Did they keep her entirely separate from which society for all of these years? Did they not teach her this stuff? Why didn't she pick up any of this if it well, was wh- something that happens regularly? Because if you, you can't just tell somebody like, yeah, we're into this thing where we eat fucking people. Like that's like a, you don't reveal that till the last minute. That's a big fucking thing. You don't want to get somebody, like, not to, you know, I mean, that's the last thing you tell somebody. Oh, by the way, yes, we're a witch. We have powers. We can do these things. Also, we eat people. Right, but she knows spells. She's aware of witch society. She's lived with Zelda and Ambrose and Hilda her entire life. I can understand that she was moving into a different realm and joining the Church of Night at her 16th birthday, but it feels like she would have noticed if some of the people that Zelda and Hilda were hanging out with disappeared every year because they were eaten or that there previously was meat hung on their door, you know? Yeah. Here's my theory. Um, I think when yeah, I guess, parents but I feel died, like that's something they would have purposely not shared. Uh, my theory is that um, when Sabrina's parents died, the Spellmans removed themselves from which society because, uh, they were genuinely scared. I think Zelda and Hilda know that her parents actually died under weird circumstances. So I think they were fearful for Sabrina's life and uh, and stayed away, which Hilda liked because she's never really bought into the darker side of the Church of Night. And Zelda has been just fiending for her Church of Night stuff for so long. And that's why she was so excited to get Sabrina back in the fold on her 16th birthday. Hmm. I, I think that can make sense. Uh, I think also, unless I was misinterpreting it, the whole meat thing was because they are, what was it called? The assistants, the, the helpers for, they were the hosts, I guess, for the Feast of Feast. So maybe this right. is the first, uh, excuse me, this is the first time that particular thing has happened. So that's why Sabrina wasn't like, oh, that's meat again. This meat knocker. Come on. Yeah, they definitely said that the meat only uh, happens to different families sort of randomly. Hmm. So it's right. not like every day you get a meat. Sometimes it's a side dish. Sometimes a dessert. Right. Uh, so like sometimes like a corn. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, you had a question, though. There was something you wanted to point out about this scene, if I remember well, correctly. Well, I just, uh, it was weird how Harvey had no uh, problems with 
so quickly being brushed aside. You know what I mean? Like they were having this nice moment between the two of them. She saw the meat on the door and was like, you should go get out of here, run for your life. Um, you know, which is very protective. And I like that, that Sabrina's, uh, you know, cause she doesn't know what the reason for the flesh on her door, like she might think it's danger. So she's trying to protect him, uh, which I appreciate it. But at some point, Harvey's got to be like, Hey, it seems like, you know, uh, you're keeping me in the dark here about a bunch of stuff. But Harvey's like a puppy, and when you don't want to play fetch anymore, you, have, you fake throw the tennis ball, and he runs after it. Okay. Yeah, I think you, that's fair. If he's, you believe. <laughs> Who's I mean, that he's fair a, to? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm saying, like, I think Harvey is a uh, simple bay, is essentially what it is. He is. Oh, look at Alex. <laughs> yeah. What the? Okay, I'm just. Got you. I'm on Urban Dictionary right now, looking up a couple of terms. Uh, hey, he's pretty. I think that's just the place that you want to be, Alex, and it's going to really uh, add a lot to your vocabulary. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, do you want to walk us through the rest of the episode, Justin? Uh, sure. So, uh, well, uh, one uh, little fact I thought was really fun was uh, Zelda's a huge football fan. I thought that was a yeah, fun that was aside. awesome. Yeah, that was but cool. She just loves uh, dudes wrecking dudes. Um, well, she, obviously, she said any contact sport, which I was like, man, I love Zelda more and more each episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cannibal moment. Um, I uh, Is that a Riverdale why? Easter egg? Or, are these yeah, ghoulies? Like, why? Are, they, are the witches ghoulies? Yeah. What, what is with cannibalism? And who said, like, cannibalism is so hot right now. Let's get it in the two teen drama shows. <laughs> well, okay, to be fair. Can I watch though, a show where someone doesn't eat another person? What the fuck? No, that's Sorry man, it's popular. Alex is looking yeah. it up on Urban Dictionary right now. Yeah, I'm actually literally eating a person right now. Oh my god. <laughs> it's breakfast time. When you were brunching, sometimes you're noshing on a dude. Uh to be fair, over on Riverdale. Even though they've called the ghoulies cannibals, uh, we haven't seen them eat people. Here, we actually yeah. get to see them eat people. And that was already teased in the previous episode, in the Dreams in a Witch House episode, where Zelda, yeah. granted it was in a dream, she cooks that little kid to serve to the Dark Lord. So Yeah, they warmed back us up that, to this idea. They kind of were like, yeah. hey, just so you know, a little cannibalism is coming, so we're going to try to slowly work that in for you. Yeah, she does it yeah, pretty casually. Fuck. It's not It's not like, oh, it's weird I'm cooking a human. It's like, oh, this is just another uh, Sunday night. Yeah. But that's also, that's part of witch lore, right? When you think about Hansel and Gretel and other things like that, you understand that witches eat people. It's definitely weird to see our main characters be so casual about it, particularly yep. because we've lived with them for so long. But And it's not necessarily a fairy tale. But the aesthetic of the show is very much dark fairy tale. So... It, it it's a turn in this episode, but it doesn't feel like that big of a turn to me. But do you think at some point we will see uh, these characters we like just straight up eating someone's face? Uh, I, for, for, for the record, I thought it was a big turn. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, man, this is great. You know, this is kind of a cool way we're showing witches, you know. I, I was really on board with it, but the cannibalism was a hard no for me. Really? 
So did you, yeah. uh, were you turned off of this episode? Were you not into this episode? Yes. Pete? Yeah. I, I was a little disappointed that we were like eating people. Hmm. Did you huh. get hungry at any point during the episode? I know you like to snack no. while you're watching TV. Yeah. No, I couldn't eat anything, which was mm. very upsetting. But afterwards? It took me a while to get over that so I could then eat. What was the next thing you um, ate after you watched this episode? Um, Pirate booty. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. You really are a child. <laughs> Why am I a child? <laughs> Because you got bags of pirate booty sitting around your house. And that's a, I think that's an adult, less calorie version of a better snack. Of candy. No, of, uh, you know, cheese puffs. Cheese puffs, I'm yeah. trying to be yeah, more you know adult what? and eat the smarter version of cheese puffs. But you know why they call it pirate booty, right, Pete? Uh, cause yeah, pirates used to call booty treasure back in the day. No, no it's literally, Pete. it's made, it's made out of pirates butts. No, yeah, that's not pirate true. Pirate butt. No. Yeah. yeah, it's pirate butt. No, that's not true. Why would they it's... name cheese puffs pirate booty? It doesn't make sense unless it's made out of pirate ass. <laughs> because it's booty meaning a treasure. And... No, Pete. Pete, no. don't be so naive. When was no. the last time you saw a pirate, let alone that pirate's ass? Uh, not too long ago, actually. Oh, interesting. Now you know what you're, what you're noshing up. I don't uh, believe Great. So should we move on to the lottery part of it? Or I think we should. We're going to find something that Pete's eating that is human. <laughs> I swear. Nope. Uh, no, we, there are some. Well, we, we touch all of uh, Sabrina's human friends here before we get to the lottery. Um, Harvey's got a grandfather that is a straight-up maniac. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a clear, that was very obvious. Like we are going to be in the woods at the same time. Sabrina is going to be in the woods. Like they worked really well, hard well, to make well, that clear. Hold on. We'll, we'll get there in a second. I, I do want to talk about one thing that I love about the guy that they got. Uh, it's Michael Hogan who plays his crazy grandfather. Uh, he yeah. was uh, Colonel Ty on Bar Battlestar Galactica. And last episode we, or yeah, last episode we met Gata uh, from Battlestar Galactica, cameoed oh, as wow. the guy who owns Cerebus Books. I love that. I want that every episode. Somebody from Battlestar Galactica kind of just shows up in a crazy role. That would be delightful. That is a great. That's a great kind of like nerd Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I haven't. Why well, I watched Battlestar years ago uh, at this point, so seeing them again is like an old friend you haven't bumped into in a while. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, so yeah, we meet the crazy grandfather. Uh, it is really interesting that Harvey came out of this family where his brother seems cool, but everybody else yeah. is very, very much like stereotypical mining, hunting family. Um, well, that's not fair. These people are, they act insane all the time. Harvey's dad <laughs> comes in and is like, you're going to work the in the mine. The grandfather's like, hey, let's go in the woods and probably kill someone yeah. while he's polishing his gun. Yeah. Like, well, one of the wild. things, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but, uh, and we kind of knew this already, but it's dealt with more of this episode. Harvey's family is a long line of witch hunters. And I think that's yeah. where yeah. that characteristic comes from is when you think about witch hunters, you think about 
these maniacs in Salem, these insane men who were just fervent in their religiosity and grabbing witches, having no, no barrier to the, whatever these women say, they are witches, whatever they do, they are witches. We're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. Just this, this, this focus on murdering and taking care of witches. And I think they don't know that witches still exist, but I think that characteristic has seeded down through the bloodline is what I took away from that. Also, yeah, I think so. There was a weird moment where Harvey was like, hey, creepy grandpa, whatever happened to the hill people? And grandpa was like, you'll find out tomorrow. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely pointing toward a very particular end. Um, yes. We uh, meet, we find out that Susie uh, has an ancestor who uh, who she identifies with, who also uh, dressed in men's clothes, as her father yeah. says. Um, yeah, which and was we got, fun. We got like a, a weird, like she had a, I don't know if it was a psychic link or a dream, where she actually we got actually got to see her. Uh, yeah, you know, later in the or end, where, yeah. That was and, kind of um, and then Raz, Raz, she interacts with her grandmother. Uh, and we find out that, yes, she has the cunning, which gives her visions, which gives her psychic abilities. And that's something that everybody in her family develops around Roz's age. And it may or may not be tied to her vision, like literal vision loss. Um, here's something that I thought was really interesting about this. And we talked about this on earlier podcast, the idea that supernatural shows always air towards eventually bringing everybody into the loop and giving them all their own powers and own thing. And yeah. that very gently happened with Harvey having seen a demon down in the binds. And then this episode, mm. it just ramped up exponentially for me. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. It's like Buffy syndrome where it's like, ah, let's give a, she's psychic now. Yeah. yeah she's psychic. I mean, uh, Susie is seeing something in her visions. Harvey is very into minds and is a witch hunter. So nobody's normal exactly anymore. We don't have any normal characters as of this episode. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, it's kind of nice to know like, oh, I'm going blind, but I'm going to be getting a superpower. It's a little (laughs) less of a blow, you know? Yeah. It's a great trade off. Would you do that? Would you trade off uh, your vision for visions? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah. that's a harder thing for me to answer because I have like such good vision. Oh, for you you're guys a make, fucking Jesus. asshole. For you guys, it makes sense since you already have glasses. It's going anyway. <laughs> it's not going. Oh, okay, well, take your glasses I mean, off then. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Okay. Well, I mentioned I this on right. an earlier on an earlier episode of this podcast, but last time I went to the eye doctor, they told me my eyes were actually getting better and that I might not need glasses anymore. As an interesting yeah. side effect, my psychic visions have gone down recently. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry, trade-off. Alex. Sorry, oh, hey, buddy. by the way, Alex, could you tell us some of the future? You never tell uh, us. Well, um, you can't. I, I mean, he's losing his powers. Uh, it's a, yeah, I don't want to tease too much, but I, I'm getting a vision that by the end of the episode, we're going to somehow trick Pete into saying he ate a person. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll Zelvin, see. We'll see. Really, a lot of things just click for me because, like, you've been talking more about, like, watching sports and, like, oh, I'm thinking about going to the Barclays Center, check out a hockey game. Like, as your vision gets better, you're becoming less and less of a nerd. I mean, it's 
it's kind of re- crazy to well, see that in reverse a little bit. Tragic. Yeah, yeah. My my muscles are getting big, and I've yeah. grown an extra foot, which is very exciting. <laughs> an extra foot. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, the oh, way you're, let, let me clarify. That's a lot. An extra foot taller. I haven't grown a third. Foot. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Right. Yeah, there's a big difference. That makes. There. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. That was a big <laughs> reveal for a second. How did I not notice that? <laughs> also, I like the idea that you think you think athletes just have more body parts. That's why they're so. Good. <laughs> and let me tell you, Alex, the way you're dropping terms like simple bay, you are definitely <laughs> losing your nerd. <laughs> you know it, bro. You're becoming so hip. Yeah, you, you know, know it, bro. <laughs> uh, All right. Anyways, uh, so back on the episode. Um, we uh prudence is the tribute from her house uh that's uh she's very excited about entering the potentially becoming the queen and being eaten by her friends mm-hmm. um we see nick he's a conscientious conscientious objector to the uh the feast because he is yeah. such a bad boy he's straight up being a bad boy right in front no, of our eyes i think he's i think he's doing that for sabrina he sees sabrina's not into it and then he makes that choice no that's not how bad boys work pete Bad boys make choices, bad choices, but for good reason. No, no. I think he loves the fact that Sabrina's a little into him, and he's fucking playing that up. Uh, I mean, he definitely loves it. I don't know. He may I, be- I, that scene made me like him a lot more. It made oh, me don't feel- you get on that bad boy trade. Come on. Oh, no, I'm, I'm way on the back of his motorcycle already. Uh-huh. I, but this made me feel like... <laughs> It made me feel like he is on the side of the good guys. I felt like his alliances were a little murky the past couple of episodes, but this one, the way that the actor is playing it, it just feels more earnest and it makes it feel like he is a little more modern. You know, the, the, what Sabrina is doing and particularly where Zelda and Hilda are by the end of the episode, both of them, uh, they, they are on the side of the good witches, I think, and everybody else is sort of the bad witches. And I would put Nick Scratch, even though he is the bad boy, he, to me, feels more on the side of good than bad, particularly based on that conversation. Yeah. So let me get this straight. Both of you guys don't want Sabrina and Harvey. You both want Sabrina and Nick. Spellman uh, all day, every day. Yeah, I, I got to say... I'm more Spellman. <laughs> I ship Spellman. Sabrina's last name. <laughs> That's my main ship. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm more into Scratchman than Kinky Man, I think. Fuck that! You guys are the worst, man. You guys <laughs> are the sorry, worst. Paige. Um, so, so, so moving forward, Sabrina, um, uh, they have the ceremony. Sabrina, uh, in a sort of bad girl move, takes Zelda's place. Uh, they burn the papers and Prudence is the queen. Now, uh, I was a little is... confused by this because it looked to me like Sabrina and Prudence's papers burned the same way. Was I missing well, they something kinda there? Did that. They did that on purpose. They wanted you for a couple seconds to think that Sabrina got chosen. It was kind of the way they shot it. Mm-hmm. So, what, so what was the I difference, like though? Purposely- because... Because what no, eventually the, ends up happening is Prudence becomes the tribute and Sabrina is her handmaiden. But how did they determine that? 
because of the smoke coloring. They both got smoke, yeah. but mm. one was white and one was uh, dark. Sabrina's oh, okay. was maroon, uh, maroon smoke, which uh, matches the robes from the TV show Hand, Handmaid's Tale. I thought that was maybe mm. a connection. Uh, okay. And, That's yeah, a reach, bro. That white. is a reach. It was the color. It was the same color as the robes. It was like a maroon, a deep maroon. Yeah, just because mm, some maybe. Maroon. Yeah, all right. I, I mean, mean I could buy that, Pete. That's <laughs> just like, oh, colors match. Well, I don't know. If you're making a choice of what color the smoke should be, and you're like, hey, she's the handmaid, make it maroon, like the handmaid color. Oh, okay. So, you don't see the threads that connect society. Well, it's hard. Uh, after the colorblind. Oh. You're colorblind too? Holy shit, you must be almost psychic now. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's your vision, Pete? What's your vision? Uh, I No, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Say Ooh, it. A dark vision say from it. Pete LePage. No way, man. Justin has a family. I don't want to put that out there. Wow, man. Jeez. Uh, that probably <laughs> is very dark. Um. So uh, Prudence, though, shows up at the Spellman house uh, for her handmaiden. Uh, and basically they have a bunch of scenes in a row where Sabrina's like, maybe you don't want to be eaten. And Prudence is like, I think I do want to be eaten. Um, yeah. Yeah. That goes thought, on for a while. Right. But I thought this was really interesting in a, in a way that a made Prudence more likable overall. And I think that was a lot of the goal of the episode was to develop and no pun intended, flesh out her character. But I also think, <clears throat> Sabrina's approach to me seems wrong that Sabrina is like, what if there's nothing after this when they've literally seen the devil? Like I know they, they haven't exactly seen the devil, but they've seen a portal to hell open up. They know that demons exist. So there's something that happens. There's clearly something supernatural. So for Sabrina to say, you know, what if there's nothing after you die seemed incorrect to me in the realm of this world. No, I kind of like the fact that, I mean, cause you, yes, there just, there is demons. There are these other things, but that doesn't mean that after you die, there's more. Uh, it definitely, I kind of liked the stance they were both taking because it became a bigger thing as the episode went on, you know? And yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a great conversation about faith in general in the middle exactly, of this, like, yeah. in the and, middle of a buttermilk bath. And yeah. then, oh, I, I didn't later, think it was bad. during the hunting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. J- j- sorry. Just to be clear, I didn't think it was bad at all. I think, if anything, what it indicated to me was that Sabrina is maybe incorrect some of the time. And certainly I fell more on the side. In the real world, uh, I don't necessarily think there's an afterlife. But in the world of Sabrina, I'm much more inclined to think there is an afterlife. And in fact, Prudence is probably more correct that after you are eaten, you do get to be with the Dark Lord, given everything See, that the show is set up. Well, I don't think so. Like, as we uh, learn in this episode, like, Sabrina doesn't trust the Church of Night. And in this, she's actually right that this, yeah. this feast is is used as a tool to a uh, carry out someone's yeah. revenge. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in that way... She she believes the sort of magical things that are happening around her, but she doesn't have faith in the people who are in charge, which I think yeah. is a nice lesson. It's like no matter what your belief system is or what 
evidence you find for whatever you're believing in, always think for yourself and do what's right by you rather than just trusting an institution like uh, like the Church of Night. Yeah, and and that's kind of Prudus's point when she's like, just be you're just because you have beliefs and I have beliefs doesn't mean your beliefs are right and my beliefs are wrong. You know, it was like it's a it's a cool conversation that they're having in the middle of all this insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also like the scene that followed it up where Prudence got to go to Baxter High and meet everybody. That seemed like a dumb move on Sabrina's part, given that she's trying to keep yeah. her rich life and her human life separate. But it was very enjoyable to see Prudence mixing it up with Harvey and Roz and Susie. Oh, she went at Harvey. That was she had Prudence had to be dragged out of that room. That was pretty fucking cool. But we're skipping over the fucking orgy scene here. Yeah, Alex is always that, trying to skip the orgy. Um, Not this time, Alex. You're part of this. You're part of this orgy. That we got uh, a little bad boy, Nick, who's willing to leave an orgy so he can get with Sabrina. What a chivalrous guy. That's the most romantic gesture I've ever seen on television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also uh, Ambrose right in the middle of that going all oh, up yeah. on Prudence's neck. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes, that's an already scene. I, again, like I liked Nick Scratch a lot in that moment. I know we're joking about it, but <clears throat> he clearly has actual feelings for Sabrina, which I think is cool. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, I um, just um, thought it proved how creepy he was. No, yeah. that's exactly not what you're supposed to take away from that scene. Well, that's that's what I took away from it. Pete, mm-hmm. in so many romantic comedies, the characters are leaving orgies. Just off camera. Name do one. the right thing. Um, let's see. Love Actually, the dude with nope. the signs. He was let, was at an orgy and he left to go hold those signs up for her. <laughs> and yeah, that Rick dude Grimes, ended up right? in Rick Grimes. Yeah, he ended up being in The Walking Dead. Uh, uh, Same I don't character. remember him leaving an orgy to hold up signs. You've you seen the movie you When Harry Met the- Sally, right? When Harry Met Sally? Yeah. 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 Well, the whole idea of that movie is can men and women be friends after the man left an orgy to tell the woman that she loves him? <laughs> that's on the post. Yeah, and remember the, like, that's literally remember the, the famous scene? That was just I'll a New Year's you. party. It was a New Year's party. It wasn't no orgy. No, it was an orgy. I'll have what she's having. One orgy, please. That's the whole line. <laughs> <laughs> and you've seen the so, you've seen the movie Ten Things I Hate About Leaving an Orgy to go tell a guy that I love. <laughs> yeah, they shorten a lot of these titles. It's just the yeah. weird Hollywood. Yeah, for, yeah for, uh, uh, don't tell me about Hollywood. Oh boy. <laughs> um so moving on, we have um uh, Miss Wardwell, Sabrina and Prudence are hanging. Uh, let's not be catty bitches, uh, she says, which is weird <laughs> for a teacher to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and they decide that they're going to journey into the woods to meet a queen who backed out of the feast and was exiled because of it, uh, which is a fun uh, journey. The the Valley of the Moon. Moon Valley, um, yeah. With uh, Miss Wardwell, Sabrina, and the Weird Sisters. They find this uh, witch with a, a Harry Potter-esque eye. Yeah, yeah, the old eye patch. Yeah, uh, what, and then what did we you get think the, oh, about that? Because that seemed like I enjoyed it, but it definitely seemed cartoony, particularly compared to the picture of witches that they've done for everything else in the show. Do you feel like it, it matched kinda, the tone, or do you feel? 
No, it kind of looked like they stumbled across a shittier TV show. <laughs> look at look at the production value of this. You know, this is the difference between a high school musical and what we're doing. Yeah, it was a little weird. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I I didn't mind it. I mean, it, I think they were trying to say she's on the fringes, so she like. It's like when you have a, a relative that just you don't see very often, and when you see them, you're like, "Whoa, you need to be around people more often." <laughs> well, in you that know how way, weird it's very much uh, the Thanksgiving episode, so it fits in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the weird aunt. So, but we do get a, a sad uh, story about how she was very excited to become the queen, and then she was being used, like assaulted, by the high the high priest of the time, and that's why she backed out of it. Which I think uh, goes a little, went a long way to prove that um, you can't trust uh, people in these institutions, particularly yeah. men. Well, I think there's that, but there's also the underlying or overlaying, I guess, theme that we've been talking about this entire series <laughs> is the patriarchy versus the matriarchy. And yeah. Yeah. the fact that, as we find out later in the episode, Father Blackwood is also abusing his power in a very real way. This guy, before Sabrina's father was abusing his power, and Sabrina's father seems like the only good leader of the Church of Night, which I do wonder if I, I think will loop around to what actually happened to her parents. Um, because it I certainly hope so. seems like, yeah, it certainly seems like he was trying to make the Church of Night better, and then something happened to him because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have the uh, the Kinkle men are in the woods as well um, on a murder trip, uh, very yeah. aggressively hunting. Um, they shoot a deer that turns out to be a familiar. Um, well, at least and- that I was happy about because it kind of made it seem like they were going to go murder somebody in the woods. So I was happy that they were actually hunting and they shot something that looked like a deer to them. Once we got up close, we realized it was familiar. So I'm glad it wasn't like, They were accidentally killing a familiar. They weren't, like, hunting familiars or witches, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird to start a witch hunt. Um, Just if you're a person in the world and you're always saying witch hunt, like, that's a little weird, especially in a leadership position. Now, I like Um, the follow-up to the scene a lot because the the witches decide to protect the familiar. They don't want the witch hunters to find out about it. So they create a circle that hides them with a spell and the Kinkle men are all there, guns literally in their face, not knowing they're there. That was really well staged. That scene, I thought in particular, I liked it a lot. It was uh, the tension uh, was, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say the tension was really, really well done. And it was, uh, I was definitely yelling, uh, because, they specifically said, whatever you do, don't move. And then a couple of witches were like moving. And I was like, knock it off. You're going to reveal yourselves. Uh, so yeah. it was, the tension was fantastic. I think they specifically said, don't speak. Like, don't make a sound. Um, I think they oh. were allowed to move. But if they made a sound, they, they were visually hidden, but not auditorially hidden. That was what I got from it. Um. Yeah, I like this idea that uh, that Prudence comes back to uh, Sabrina with after their faith conversation. Like, you don't trust my faith, yet you are 100% convinced that Harvey's not a killer when he's in this party that just shot this uh, creature that, we, that we're that we close with, that we're friends with. 
And I thought that was such a nice comeback to the faith conversation, uh, yeah. connecting religious faith with love and being like, how do you not believe in this one thing, but you believe in this other thing that is the same feeling? It's just more personal to you. Yeah. Now, what do you think, given that Miss Wardwell brings this up and takes them into the woods, and this is her part in the episode, what is her goal here at with this episode in particular? Because we know she's trying to usher Sabrina to a place where she is going to sign the Dark Lord's book and embrace the Dark Lord. Um, but if anything, this seems to be making her question the priorities of the Church of Night more. I think she's just trying to, in, in this episode, uh, not be on Sabrina's radar of, like, maybe this person's sketchy. She's trying to prove that she's a reliable friend and can be trusted. Hmm. And I also think she's uh, putting Sabrina and Prudence together um, and making them closer friends, I think, helps her get her closer to the, the Church of Night. Hmm. Yeah, having uh, a nerdy kid hang out with a cool kid, you know, like, that's a, that's an automatic in. Yeah, I mean, that's what's happening with you and me, right, Pete? Like, you're just hanging out with me and just becoming cooler by association. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, real quick, guys, who's the cool one in that situation? I just want to know for <laughs> so I know what's going on. We'll reveal it next podcast. Oh, great. That's going to be a fun reveal. <laughs> um so uh, we get into sort of the meat of the episode, the human meat, which we're oh, all eating. Oh, boy. Uh, Lady Blackwood is freaking out. Uh, she, they talk about uh, Father Blackwood and his uh, lineage, wait, if he had. Wait, real Go quick. Ahead. Before that happens, uh, you know, Madam Satan eats a delivery guy. Can we? Well, yes. do you, so we got to talk about that scene because that's arguably the biggest scene in the episode uh, is gut. She orders a pizza. Everybody's fasting because it's the feast of feasts. They're waiting to eat prudence. Delivery guy shows up uh, with Persephone's pizza. He doesn't say anything, but she says, ooh, I'm famished. That pizza looks really heavy. Why don't you come inside? Now, that delivery guy is Ben Button from Riverdale. Yeah. W really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, so for those of you who don't watch Riverdale, to give you the rundown... Uh, ben Button is a background character on Riverdale. He showed up in many, many creepy situations various times. Uh, but spoiler for Riverdale, a couple of weeks back in the second episode of season three, he died. He jumped out of a window and killed himself. And then he showed up here as a delivery boy for Persephone Pizza, Persephone's Pizza, uh, and presumably died again by getting eaten by Bat of Satan. Um, yeah. So... That, what do you think is going on? I have a couple of theories in terms of how this matches up or not, but I'm curious to hear from you guys. Uh, well, right off the, the, from the jump, I think, uh, maybe Greendale is Riverdale's hell and mm. Ben oh. Button, uh, is, has, is sliding down the scale from, uh, Riverdale to Greendale. I mean, Persephone. Oh, so if you the, die in Riverdale, you, you get a second chance in, uh, uh Greendale is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, wow. and Persephone, uh, the myth of that is takes place in hell and, uh, someone, uh, Orpheus, I think, uh, tries to come and rescue Persephone. Might do, is that correct? I don't remember. Um, and from the, I, from hell. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're mixing up two myths there. 
But Persephone, Persephone is how we get spring and how we get seasons. She ends up going down to hell. She marries Hades, but she's told not to eat anything. But she ends up eating, I believe, eight pomegranate seeds, which is why yeah. she spends uh, eight months down there, which is why we have winter and fall. And then she is able to come back to Earth for the rest, which is why we have spring and summer. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it does have to do with food. It does have to do with uh, hell as well. Um, just to give you like, for those, again, for those of you who don't watch Riverdale, to give you a rundown of the timeline, so the first episode of the season of Riverdale takes place over a Labor Day weekend. Uh, and then the second episode is right after that. So very beginning of the school year in September. This episode, Feast to Feast, takes place in Thanksgiving. So even if you thought, well, you know, maybe they are around the same time, that doesn't quite work. So I think to your point, Justin, this potential underworld theory makes a lot of sense just in terms of the timeline of the show. Something I've also mm. seen people argue is that maybe the shows actually line up by seasons. So we don't see Ben get eaten by Madame Satan in this episode. It's certainly strongly implied, but we don't see her wiping blood off of her lips or anything like that. So it's possible that the first season of Sabrina and the first season of Riverdale are concurrent. So this is Ben back before he died on season three of Riverdale. I'll throw, maybe she just has sex with him. <laughs> maybe uh, possibly uh, i mean no ben, i'm pretty sure she's eating that dude or at least ben, though, we've established him. he was uh boning mrs grundy after mrs grundy boned uh archie so he's he's sexually active you guys yeah cool. <laughs> thanks for pointing that out <laughs> no problem. and once again alex another very cool way to say that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'll throw one other theory out at you guys. This is my big theory that I believe pretty strongly right now about this Ben Button thing. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and the reason I say it doesn't matter is because what? of the... F- I, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, in the first episode of the show, Sabrina is walking along with a mug with the Archies on it. So, mm. like, an old school Archies. So, like, the Archie comics exists as characters in Sabrina, even though Sabrina comes out of the Archie comics. So I think it's, it's more along the idea of if a Sabrina character showed up on Riverdale, I don't think they'd be like, here's a specific thing that happened to me in a specific episode, but they could show up there in the same way that Ben Button showed up, but it doesn't exactly match up to the Riverdale timeline. I think it's more along the lines of like, well, these are comics. These maybe there's not really an Archie multiverse that we're going to set up or anything like that. It's more these are Easter eggs. They can happen. They can't be there. But as long as people don't make specific reverence, like Ben Button didn't walk in and be like, "Woo, just came from that Black Hood guy. Now I'm here." Uh, it's all uh, that would have okay. been cool. That yeah, that was well, uh, last episode. With Luke, the character Luke, was reading an Archie comic as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's. It's more just Easter eggs and shout outs. And I don't think it invalidates anything because kind of anything goes on both of these shows. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, we have a dinner, big dinner with the Blackwoods uh, to uh, confront this situation. Uh, Sabrina has a theory um, that uh, Lady Blackwood is trying to get uh, get Prudence killed because she suspects that uh, she Prudence is the the daughter of father Blackwood and she doesn't want uh, another kid running around so she can protect her twins that she's having so that they may uh, 
succeed him in the lineage. Um, and uh, so she, Sabrina Magic has dessert Aunt, time has Aunt Hilda bake a cake, which will yeah, make by the way, tell the truth. Uh, not to interrupt, but Sabrina put that together real quick. Yeah, I bet they have truth cake for dinner once or twice a week. Yeah, probably. Well, no, 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 I'm not saying the cake. I'm saying she figured out the uh, Prudence was secretly Father Blackwood's daughter thing very quickly. I feel like she made a very big logical leap there to figure that out. Well, I mean, she was trying to make sense of something and kind of made a, I think, a logical leap to conclusion. Uh, Yeah, it could have not been true at all, but I feel like she took a gamble and it was correct. Yeah, it definitely reinforced her theory, and uh, maybe that's why she believed it so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have the uh, she Lady Blackwood admits everything. Blackwood is pissed. There's a great shot of Ambrose's like this is awkward face in that yeah. uh, scene. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Um, I Blackwood thought that admits- was really fun. The whole honest cake and everybody being honest around dinner table. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, very good. We should have an honest cake next time we eat. I think it'd be. Oh, fun. I would love that. I'll tell you yeah. my favorite moment in the oddest cake sequence is after they establish that Prudence is in fact uh, Father Blackwood's illegitimate daughter. They find out that Prudence's mother died by throwing herself into the river uh, because Father Blackwood would not uh, recognize her as the mother of his child. Uh, and then Agatha and Dorcas say, what about us? Are we also your daughters? And he's like, no, you're our orphans. And they just they yeah. cut back to them, and they're so sad. And I felt so bad it's for Agatha. Very, it was very funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Prudence gets to retain her uh, her queen position, but they're not going to uh, – Father Blackwood says, okay, no one's going to kill themselves for the feast. They go to the ceremony, and this one random lady who is big into the Feast of Feasts steps and up. And she is cuts so her hungry. She's starving. Yeah. yeah. She's, That's she's like, Mildred. I need to eat somebody. Classic Mildred. Uh, she slits her throat, and then they all just right then dive in. I thought they cooked the witch they were feasting on, but apparently not. Yeah, you would they like just... to think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Cannibalism is fine as long as you're not eating it raw. There's, uh, think of the uh, foodborne uh, illness. The foodborne illness. Just give it, you know, medium rare. Yeah, Pete, it's really interesting, actually, that you jumped in there immediately and knew exactly how to cook human beings. Uh, that, that's very surprising to me, given everything you said previously you, on the podcast. What are you talking about? I did not say that. You're putting words in my mouth. Well, no, I you, think you're uh, right. I, I think yeah. Pete is hiding his cannibalism with his anti-cannibalism mm. stamp. Oh, mm. fuck both of you guys. Yeah, he's in the meat closet is what's going on right now. Uh, I, exactly. I, I would like to say that... <laughs> <laughs> is, that, that is that an Urban I, Dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking that up right now. It's real good. There's a whole page I really out of the liked, I really liked the moment where Sabrina was like, Hey, Anzeldo, would you have eaten me if I, you know, and she was like, never. Uh, that was kind yeah. of a fun moment. I did like yeah. that moment. Uh, I would reject, Zelda says she would reject the Dark Lord to save Sabrina, uh, which yeah. I thought was fun. Um, Luke and Ambrose are hanging out. Uh, yeah. which seems like that relationship is moving forward. Uh, based I'm sorry. On I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to let you know that I did actually look up the closet on urban dictionary and it means something very different than I thought it meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an education you're going through. Yeah. I'm learning a lot uh, this episode. Yeah. We get to see the spell paying off that Luke is hanging out with Ambrose. 
Yep. Uh, very intrigued by that. Cause we also do, there is a scene pushing the, the mystery of the dead rogue, witch uh, further down the line earlier in the episode where, uh, the mother is coming for some fine to pick up the ashes of her son. And, uh, she talks about the, the weird occult objects in his room. Ambrose is going to get his hands on him. So that storyline is progressing though, quite slowly. Yeah. Um, we see at the end of the episode, the final moment, or the, uh, Harvey and his brother going into the mine, having a fun day at work, uh, mining for who knows what. Oh, God. And Wait. then we... Go Before ahead. we get into the end, I just wanted to say something that hit me in this episode that hasn't hit me before is like the reverse kind of religious, like the, you know, praise Satan, that kind of stuff. Like, it's it's super creepy to hear like religious things like in reverse, like when they were all in the church before they ate that nice lady who slit her throat, uh, like the also with you stuff, like it really was like they're at church, but it's just kind of like the reverse belief. It was, it really hit me this episode, how kind of cre- uh, creepy and amazing it is. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's been going on for you guys at all, but. Well, I think it's pretty interesting that you called Mildred a nice lady for slitting her throat. Again, it kind of emphasized to me that maybe you like uh, the Jesus fact that she died. I just meant hate her. I just meant that she was, uh, you know, she seems like a nice lady. Is all. Would you describe no, her I as think a delicious lady? No, I would not. Tasty? Mm-hmm. No, no. Sweet. And now that Stop I think about it, it makes up. it makes sense why people call you Eat LePage. <laughs> Nobody calls me that. What are you talking about? That's, that's been your nickname in the New York comedy community for years. Eat LePage. <laughs> I think you're you're coming into the conversation and miss the P on the front of my name there. That's what I think. Oh, I'm coming into the conversation. I missed the first letter. Yeah, wow. because you're late, so you're you miss it. That's a, not a good excuse. Eat. <laughs> uh, Let's get to the last moment. Uh, yeah. So the Kinkles are in the mine, and Dorcas and Agatha, reeling from their orphan reveal, um, have some uh, dolls that uh, represent yeah, they, them. and exclude Prudence. Like, Prudence was like, hey, I thought we were a team. And they were like, leave us alone. You've got it, Dad. Yeah. Uh, well, and the, the Weird Sisters are still, they're pissed that uh, the Kinkles were revealed as the Von, Von Kunkels, uh, witch hunters. So they take rocks, and the last moment is them smashing the Kinkle dolls, yeah. which uh, was so uh, Harvey's dead. End. Yeah, Harvey's yeah, dead. Harvey's dead. Yeah. Well, one thing that I will point out that happens towards the middle of the episode, after uh, the whole conversation revealing that he's witch hunter, that he comes from a family of witch hunters, um, it certainly seems like Sabrina casts a spell over Harvey. Which I think is going to play. In oh yeah, she whisper hugged him. She yeah, was yeah. hugging him and whispered something, which I thought was really weird that Harvey didn't hear that because it was pretty loud. Again, he's a very simple bay. Spell. He's a very simple bay. So oh, yeah, God. I'm glad you got a new word. You don't have to fucking force it into every conversation. Okay, you know what, guys? <laughs> I, I'm going to put it back in my meat closet. Oh no, man, please don't. Please don't yeah. keep saying that now that yeah. you. No problem. Uh, we do have, uh, I should mention before we finish up here, we do have a tweet from somebody, a uh, comment on the episode from our good friend on Twitter, Ashy G says, I just can't wait to hear Pete's commentary on the cannibalism. I think we got that. Uh, Prudence is Covered asking it. why Sabrina's faith is more valid than her own was so powerful. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, finally, yeah. Uh, what time did you guys wake up to record so early? Do your families ever get to see you? Your schedule must be packed. Um, to answer that question, we woke up at what time? Was it 3 a.m., I think? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. got to work yeah. at night like witches. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> we got we to gotta pump out these podcasts so we don't have time for families. Exactly. Sorry, it's too bad because I missed, I missed um, my family's feast of feasts and a very tasty man. Uh, oh. But that she does bring up a good point, guys. And, uh, you know, thank you for sacrificing your family time to do this. Hey, it, that's I, nice, Pete. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, and it's interesting that you said sacrificing and family as if you want to sacrifice no. our families. <laughs> and eat them. So I'll just point that out. Ela e- Page strikes again. <laughs> for this oh. episode only, which which reign supreme, guys, Pete. Kick it off. I think oh, I know who you're yeah. going to answer, though. Are you thinking Zelda? Because that's exactly what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. Every episode, we get more and more of how Zelda is a badass, but also more and more about how she cares about Sabrina, which mm-hmm. I really love. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all Zelda. We didn't talk about this moment earlier, but there's that really sweet moment where Sabrina asks her, if I had been picked, would you have eaten me? And she no, says, I, I, of course not. Which I think yeah. is, yeah, wonderful. I, I literally that brought that up. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wasn't listening. I was yeah. looking through Urban <laughs> Dictionary. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Having his mind blown. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice moment. Uh, my my witch choice is Prudent. This is a huge Prudence episode. Oh, I think yeah. she re- she really got rounded out as a character in this episode. We get to see some of her tender side, and uh, I think she's shaping up to be. Rather than a villain, uh, I think a more of a partner for Sabrina in the mm. witch world. Yeah, I hope we do get more of that. Yeah, uh, I agree with both of those, but I'll just choose Dorcas. No, no particular <laughs> reason. <laughs> just, just like <laughs> Dorcas, good name, solid name, and uh, really like that orphan reaction. That was definitely my favorite shot in the entire episode. That so, was. Fun. There you go. If you would like to support this show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater in New York City. Come on by. We'll cast a spell on you. Pete, what else do you want to plug? <laughs> uh, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Also, our dedicated Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Twitter account, at Riverdale Dark. Um, and uh, we'll see you in the meat closet. And for, sim- for Simple Bay, Madam Goldberg, and Eat LePage, we're signing <laughs> off. <laughs>